cliched. But yeah, my name is Grant, and uh, the pleasure and privilege of being a pastor here at New Song Church with all you wonderful people. Um, I just want to draw your attention to this banner over here. It's our mission statement that we want to be transformed by the Holy Spirit to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. And I think loving people and doing good, we can probably, most people can affirm that these are good things. Uh, the first two ones are what we believe um, en enables us to progressively over time do that uh, more capably in our community uh, because it's very hard, you know. We have all sorts of reasons to be separate, to divide, uh, and we believe that Jesus Christ is a unifying force. He brings people in diversity into unity together uh, simply because of his love for us and that we believe in the transformation that can happen in our hearts and minds to be changed over time. I uh, just want to say... Uh, We've been doing, a, we did a couple of prayer points last week at the end of the gathering. I uh, just want to say thank you for those who prayed. We did not have a fire alarm going off at San Dimas Retirement Center uh, this time. Uh, for those of you who were not here last week, you missed a wonderful video of me leading worship in the retirement center where in every 30 seconds there was a very loud alarm. And so right before How Great Thou Art, I thought, what key is that alarm in? And it's in A flat. So I changed the key to How Great Thou Art. So I was at least I was in tune with the fire alarm. Um, but it was, it's just such a fun time. We have about 15 to 20 or so folks that come who a lot of them don't get out very often, and we go and do a full service in, on, the Sunday, on Wednesday morning. So thanks for praying for that. Uh, also, thank you so much for praying for uh, the Thursday, the students coming around. Here's the time lapse again. If you were not here last week, we showed this time lapse of the, the hordes from San Dimas High School and Lone Hill Middle School that come for coffee. Uh, we're getting to know so many of the kids across the road of the schools. It's a fantastic uh, thing, fantastic time. And we're actually working on some new plans to kind of invite them, you know, further in. Uh, having uh, the building open for like homework time and things uh, through the week as well. So thank you for praying for that. Yeah, thanks for wearing your jerseys today, those who did. I, Tara didn't wear the one that she talked about last week. And if you weren't, I'm not going to, if you weren't here last week, you missed that too. But uh, that was pretty funny. So what's the weirdest jersey? I said I was going to wear a Scottish curling uh, jersey, but I, I, I could find one, but they're really, really expensive, and they're shipping from the UK, which it wasn't going to get here in time. Hey, what's the weirdest sport? We got any weird sports, or is it just your typical American stuff? Is there anyone not from America wearing a shirt not from America? Melody's family wearing Argentina, Argentina. World Cup winners. Okay, well done, everyone. That's spirit. That's the spirit, right? Spirit week. Um, also, Coffee in the Courtyard was on Saturday. Thanks to those of you who came. Uh, I see some faces out here. We, uh, on Saturdays, once a month, uh, we, have, we invite our pantry guests to come and have coffee with us. Uh, and we have a really, really good time uh, with that. Uh, the garden was also hopping on Saturday. Lots of harvesting and produce. Oh, yeah, and Candace. Is Candace here? Oh, wow. She made these cookies. You saw a glimpse of them there. They were sublime and divine. <clears throat> really good, lovely. Just want to let everyone know that Ash Wednesday is fast approaching, and that is on the 22nd of February. And we are going to do what we've been doing for several years now, where we have a time between 4 o'clock and 8 p.m., where anyone can come and meet with a pastor or one of our elders. And we're just going to lead you through a kind of a conversational uh, exploration of what Ash Wednesday is. And just kind of connect with, mostly it's about connecting with you personally, because sometimes Sunday mornings we don't have a lot of time to do that. So it's a chance for you just to come and we will pray with you uh, and just think about what Lent might mean for you, the season that we're approaching very soon.
And so that's between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Put it on your calendar, Ash Wednesday. Uh, also, during Lent, we're going to have small groups uh, here in the church. We did this last summer. Uh, and basically, we just invited everyone to come to one place, and we set up tables at the back of the sanctuary, and we had table leaders, and we just kind of mostly just discussed the questions that we uh, for the sermon that we had on that uh, previous Sunday. Previous, that's the word. Um, so we're going to do that again for the six weeks of Lent. So that'll be on Wednesday evenings. Uh, we said six o'clock, did we say, to come? Did we finally... We said 6.30, youth, because the youth uh, ministries at 6.30, so it's happening. While that's happening over there, it'll be happening over here. So you're all welcome to come to that, and we will be done by 8 o'clock. Um, there'll also be some snacks and the usual good stuff that we have. I think that's all that I have to say this morning, so I'm going to pray. Uh, I'm also going to pray for the dreadful suffering uh, in Turkey and Syria, which just kind of is mind-boggling, uh, the scale of it, and especially for those in Syria who, sadly, because of the conflict there, it's very hard to get aid uh, into that country. Um, so let's uh, pray. I'm just grateful to see also just so many organizations of people who follow Jesus who are putting their, their money and their bodies, for, you know, the way they speak, into these places to serve and to care. So let's uh, think about how we might contribute in those ways too. And let's uh, take a moment to pause, to breathe, and to pray. Lord, we come today with all kinds of burdens and emotions and anxieties, uh, but also some of us with joy and good news and we all come together with all of that congregation of people and experiences and we thank you that you see it all you know what it's like to be human you know the struggle you Jesus are fully human you've been tempted in all the ways that we are tempted and you lived a life of joy and purpose. And you offered up your life for us. And you defeated death. So we come here with confidence this morning that our lives are in your hands and in your care. Uh, our hearts are broken uh, for all of the violence in our world, in Ukraine, and, and now this dreadful tragedy in Turkey and Syria, that part of the world. Oh Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We pray that all those who have power and influence and wealth would help, would be generous. We pray for all those who follow you in that part of the world who are God-seekers to have your comfort, and be able to take that comfort and offer it to others. Sometimes it's just overwhelming we think about the brokenness of our world, and we can't fix it. So right here, right now, in this place, we pray that you would do your work in us, because we see a neighborhood around us that has many tragedies, much sorrow, loneliness, isolation, brokenness, 
And we truly, Lord, want to follow you into those places with renewed hearts, with hope, with joy, with energy. Lord, I pray for Melody as she shares your word with us this morning, that that work would indeed be done. We pray with faith that you are a God who speaks, and you speak through your word, you speak through your servants, and we pray, that, Lord, that you would open your word up for us through your servant, Melody, our pastor, and bless us, Lord, change us, wake us up, open our eyes, for we thank you and pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. I got to say, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't wear your shirt, Tara. You couldn't find, you know why you couldn't find it. You're probably unwell when you put it away. If you don't, yeah, I'm going to tell you, it was her beer pong champion shirt. That's what she was going to wear today. And uh, she didn't. So when you find it, any, any Sunday is a good Sunday to wear that. So, okay, thank you. All right, so how are you today? Good, yeah? Is, uh, is everyone ready for game day? Yeah, you got your game shirts on. I got my Argentine shirt on. My whole family is up to our Argentine get-up today. Um, do you cook something special today? Does anyone have something working? What do you cook? What do you cook? A dip, a dessert, a what? You cook Wingstop. Okay. <laughs> Ian goes quick and easy. Anyone else? No one does a dip or a dessert? You guys do anything? Haggis? That's terrible. Anything else? Chips? This is nothing creative. Chips? What, what else? Oh, now you talk. Now all at once. What? Chicken wrap hot dogs. I like that. What else? Penelope? Cannoli dip. That sounds fantastic. Okay, anything else? Toasted raviolis. Okay, I'm, re- I'm trying to decide where I'm going after church. So, chili, all right. Chili, that's you. What else? Birthday cake? Oh, that's right. That's right, it's birthdays. It's birthdays all around. Happy birthday. I wasn't going to say anything, but my birthday's Saturday, so... You have some time. Grant's like, I can't believe you did that. I'm not humble about it at all. I just want all the birthday wishes. I like presents. Just come over. We'll have a margarita. It'll be great. Okay? Maybe a beer if Tara comes. Um, All right. Well, um, so something that my country does well is that we have all these game day chants, okay? There's all sorts of game day chants, and depending on what side of the city you're on, you do one chant or you do another. But the easiest one I want to teach you today is this one. We're going to put it on the screen. It goes like this. Ole, 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 Argentina, Argentina, or you can say Argentina, Argentina. That's fine. Okay, ready? So, ole, 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 Argentina, Argentina. Very good. I looked up game day chants for football, and I saw some really like, gee, oh, let's go. Like, okay, give me something creative. And this is the most creative one I found. It goes like this. It says, it's on, it's on, like a bad dress at the prom. Our team will stomp all over yours and get our big win on. 
Did anyone have a really bad dress at prom? No? Erin, so, okay, see? You, are, you accept truth, it's okay. Some of our dresses were not... Um, but I thought this was really funny. Oh, look at me, I'm gonna sound like a bull again. They're gonna start signaling me from up there. Um, but if you need a chant today, take a picture, write this down, and someone's gonna say, where did you work, church? <laughs> My pastor said it today. Uh, All right, so I want to give you guys an update on something that is happening in my life, something really big, something that many of you in here are invested in it with me, with our family. You're all rooting for me. We should come up with a chant for this. Um, You know, you asked me for updates and whatnot, so I'm here to give you an update on our puppy training classes. Our puppy training classes, I'm going to show you another ridiculously adorable picture of my dog. Oh, she's so cute. Look at Pepper. My little Pepperchini. My peppermint stick. She's so cute, but she's not. She's not. She's not so cute because let me tell you how it's going. But before I tell you how it's going, my dog trainers are actually here. Kyle and Frank, raise your hands right there. Excellent. With Kyle's lovely girlfriend, Elena. Give her a hand too, yes. So I have to be truthful on how it's going because they're here, they're gonna tell you. Um, But I'm so glad you guys are here. It means so much to me because I've told them, like this is actually goes along perfectly with the sermon series we're talking about, as you will see today. So um, I'm going to give you guys an update today on how it's going. You guys, again, are the best. You check in with me. You, you give me your own tips and tricks. It's almost like having a baby. Everyone has their own methods, their own opinions, their own whatever. But, you know, I'm fully invested with Kyle and Frank, so I'm going to listen to them and we're gonna go with what they say. So last time uh, I was here, I, I talked to you about Kyle, because we had just been with Kyle that Friday night. And I showed you a picture of Kyle with Abby. Oh, no, there's Kyle with Pepper, actually. Go back, go back. There's Kyle with Pepper. Where's the last one? There he is, look at Pepper. Look at that good looking guy up there. Kyle's up there. And um, then, to, then next we have Frank. We were with Frank this last Friday night. There he is. We are pretty sure that Pepper loves them more than she loves us. (laughs) We're pretty sure. We're pretty sure that she loves them. They have not taken me up yet on my invitation to move in with our family. They're still thinking about that. If you've been here the last few Sundays, I've invited the band to move in with us too because apparently I just want people to make me feel good all the time and help me with everything. So there's room. Um... But the training, so last time I told you that when um, we went to, when we go to class, we hang on their every words, and we're just like there, and we're just eyes peeled on them as much as we can. But when it takes, when it comes to us taking the leash and us taking our turn, that's when all chaos breaks loose, yes? Yes? Sometimes, yeah, they're being nice about it. They're being nice about it. But what I said was, you know, sometimes you can't figure out where am I supposed to hold the leash? Is this the treat hand? Is this the leash hand? And it becomes this interpretive dance of sorts, you know, when we're trying to train Pepper, and it's hard. But then I said to you, enter Kyle into our life two Fridays ago, this next one. And I said, 
He comes alongside us. He takes Abby by the hand. He positions her. He shows her. He guides her. He's repeating and reminding what we just learned, what we just said. He's saying, trust the process. Keep going again and again. And I said to you that this very much reflects the book of Hebrews that we're seeing here. The author in the book of Hebrews here is reminding us, encouraging his audience. He's saying, keep, trust the process, keep going again and again, very much repeating himself a lot of times. In the book of Hebrews, he's saying, hey, listen, life is chaos, but keep your focus. Keep your focus on what you know. Keep your focus on what you have heard. Keep your focus on what you have seen. What you know is true. Keep going. Press on, press on. Much like our title, Pressing On. So last Friday, we're in class with our trainer, Frank, and he asked us how it was going. And I said to Frank, I have, to, I have to tell you, I am the problem. I am the problem here. I can't, I can't stick to what I'm supposed to be doing. And not because I'm not trying, but because I confuse myself and then I confuse Pepper. I get frustrated when I'm tired. I start one way and I think I'm going strong, but then along the way I'm thinking, oh wait, I think I messed up. Let me stop and oh, now I'm confused. Oh, now I'm distracted. And before you know it, I lose my resolve. I lose my resolve. And I am the problem, Frank. It is me. Ooh, I could sing the Taylor Swift song. No? <laughs> the band won't invite me to be a part of the band either. I'm still waiting for it. You'll see. I'll be there one day. Anyway, so the problem, it's me, right? It's me. I'm the problem. And my wonderful husband, Chris, Right when I was telling Frank these things, he, he, almost he was taking out his phone to show Frank these two pictures that now he's getting, Frank is going to see because he's here, Kyle's going to see it, but he almost took these pictures out to show him, and I shot him a look like, don't you dare show Frank these pictures right now, but I'll show you. So they're kind of pixelated, let's see, so there's me, and you, I don't know if you can tell from the picture, but Pepper fully has like the, the leash in her mouth, she's playing with it. And then as I get closer and closer to Chris, she's, I mean, it's just a toy now. And then when I finally get close enough to Chris, the next picture, I'm laughing at myself, but look at Chris's shadow. Can you see he's standing there like this? Like, you are ridiculous, Melody Anderson. I don't even know what to do with you right now. And Pepper is so dark, you can't even see her in this picture, but she's like, doo, 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 doo. I'm just fine. I'm the problem. I am the problem here. I told Frank, I said, this is harder than, than taking care of babies. And I had four of them. I had two at the same time. I had two at the same time. Which, by the way, it's also Abby and Claire's birthday on Thursday. So if you see them, say happy birthday. But, uh, but it's not maybe exactly the same as having a baby and raising two babies and all the things. But, you know, it's, it's still hard. So this is what I told Frank on Friday. And then, you know, I, I, I feel discouraged sometimes. I feel discouraged and I feel like I want to give up. And I feel like it was almost easier, almost easier not knowing what I know now. It was almost easier just kind of being ignorant about it. Training is hard. Remembering all the things is hard. 
Ah! So what are we going to do? It's frustrating when you can't see the end result. I want to throw in the towel. So again, my puppy training very much ties into what we're looking at in Hebrews. And today, we're going to read a story of, of, of two groups of people who were frustrated, wanted to throw in the towel, and wanted to give up because it was just too hard. I'm going to read you a quote here from um, a book that I'm reading along with uh, Grant. It says, the preacher here, the preacher of Hebrews, faces a disheartened congregation. They are tired, tired of the hassles of the church routine, tired of the struggle, tired of serving, tired of being Christians. The grit of reality wears down faith. For these people, the so-called joyful Christian life has been little exempt, has, Christian life has been little except turmoil and conflict. The alleged house of God looks more and feels more like a house of pain. Anyone? Just the author? Or can you say amen? I've, I've been there. Yeah? Just you guys? Anyone else? Right? Some of us. Now you can look at this quote and say, yeah, me too. And, and this is what the audience here is, is facing. They're facing a disheartened heart. They're facing just, it's just really hard. And also in today's section, what's different about today's section is that he's also going to give this audience a history lesson. He's going to give them a history lesson of a group of people from the past that were freed from slavery and they were trying to get to a land that God has promised them. They were trying to get there. A land where, where they could prosper and be safe, a land of abundance. But as soon as things start to get hard, they wanted to throw in the towel. They wanted to go back. They became weary. They became weary. It was almost better if they didn't know what they knew now. They became their own biggest problem. Let's read about it. So we're in Hebrews chapter 3, and we're going to start at verse 7. So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. So the author is saying to the audience then, Hey, listen, don't be like those guys. He says, Where your ancestors tested and tried me, Though for 40 years they saw what I did. They saw miracle after miracle. We're going to talk about that in a second. That is why I was angry with this generation. I said their hearts are always going astray. They do not know my ways. So I declared an oath of my anger. They shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the end. That doesn't sound like throwing in the towel, does it? And as just as it has been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were those who heard and rebelled? 
Were they not those who Moses led out of Egypt and with whom he was angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, those bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Yikes. Yikes. Sounds like I'm not the only one who has issues giving up. We're looking at a whole people here. And, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to train my dog, and that's the issue I bring to you today. But this is a whole huge other issue. Way bigger. And what is the author doing here? Just as I said beforehand, he's reminding his people, his audience, how their lack of faith did them no good. So I wonder what I would have been like in the shoes of the Israelites. I, you could probably guess what I would have been like, right? Do you think I would have been leading the charge? No, guys, let's go. Or do you think I would have been like, oh, well, it's hard, right? Now before, before you put yourself in those shoes, let's go back, let's go back and look at what, uh, what they actually saw and what they actually did. So a little history lesson here for you. Now, I'm gonna paraphrase a lot. So nobody email me and say, Melody, you didn't read the Bible all the way through. That's not the whole story. I know, okay? But we can't be here all day. I have cannoli dip to get to, okay? And fried, what were we going? Fried ravioli? What, what, what'd you say, Jim? Toasted ravioli, different, a little more healthy. Um, so I'm going to paraphrase here, okay? So, but there's so much in this story. So much happens. But today I'm giving you a brief summary. So we're going to look back at Exodus chapter 14. These are people that are fleeing slavery. They're freeing from, fleeing for fear of their lives. So uh, verse 7. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about him and said, what have we done? So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. Not six guys, not a couple guards. He took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with some of the other chariots of Egypt or, or all of the other chariots of Egypt with officers all of them, with, with officers over all of them. So they're running here. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were their Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff, stretch your hand over the sea, and divide the water. This, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong wind and turned it to dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their left and on their right. So can you imagine this? I know we've probably heard the story but can you imagine us right now walking through the seabed with a wall of water on our right and on our left? How does this even happen? 
how does this even happen? I, I don't know. I've never seen it. But this happened. They crossed the sea. They got to safety. And what happens next? Well, no, no, no. After that, life. Life happens. Look at chapter 16. On the 15th day of the second month, so we're not quite three months in, on the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us into this desert to starve. So, second month, not even 60 days later, they're saying their lives were better as slaves. And the Lord still shows up for them in the next verse. Uh, verse four, the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough food for that day. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. He didn't just give them like, you know, plain old crack, like made with honey. We're going to stop right there for a moment here, but God showed up for them time and time again. Later on, Moses hits a rock with his staff and water comes out of it. I've, I've never seen that, but that's what happened. I mean, raise your hand if you've ever seen bread fall from the sky. I, I mean, I don't think so. But miracle after miracle are happening here with these people. After seeing all of this, they struggled to trust God. They struggled. You'd think they'd be the first in line, wouldn't you? You'd think they'd be the first to say yes and amen blindfolded. I mean, we just walked across the seafloor. We've seen bread come from the sky. You brought water out of a rock. There's tons of other things that has happened. But they turn around the next day and question the Lord. And this is where the author of Hebrews right now sees his people this is what he's looking at. He's essentially saying, hey guys, don't give up. I see you kind of falling in the same patterns here. They were saved time and time again, but they struggled with their trust in God. And the author is looking at these people and their faces and, and he's seeing, hey, life is getting hard. You're getting weary. I can see it. I can see that you're thinking it's just too hard. It's just too hard. And here we are today, the audience of today. We're not the first group of people crossing the Red Sea. The whole parting of waters, you know, oh yeah, we'd be the first ones there to say yes and amen. We'd like to think that. Oh, we're not the second group of people either because they just lived a few years after Jesus. They're probably walking along some of the same paths. There, maybe some of the, the sites are still intact where Jesus visited. We don't know. But we're, we're not like that group of people either. No, we're not them. We're different people, a different time, a different place, a different story. And, and the reason we can say we're not them 
And the reason we can say, oh, that would have done it for us is why? Because we have the Bible in front of us. We get to see the whole story, right? We get to know the ending. It's available to us. So yeah, we're a different time, a different place, but how, how is our story any different? How is our story? You see, the audience back then was relying on what they knew, the information they had, and what results they had in front of them or what results they didn't have in front of them. They were their biggest problem. They were their biggest problem, but God was there. He kept showing up. You and I can see that now. You and I can understand that now. We read the outcome, but it's so much more difficult when it's our story. Because do you know what's happening tomorrow? Do you know what's happening the next day? Or are you living a difficult situation? Or are you weary? Or as the, the author, the quote that I read said, are, do you have something that feels more like a house of pain instead of a, a house of joy? We don't know, we don't get to know the ending. Our story's being written now, so how are we the same people? Well, we are our biggest problem. We are our biggest problem because it just gets too hard. Yes? It just gets too hard. Hard to trust in God. Hard to not grow weary. It might be hard even to, to see God when, when we grow accustomed to the routine, the day in and the day out of things we do, when we just, when we stop losing that awe of what, what things happen around us. I don't know about you, but I can sometimes wonder what God is doing. I can sometimes wonder what he's doing. I can doubt, I can doubt that he knows what's best for me because guess who might know what's best for me? Me, right? I'm pretty smart. I can do it. I have strength. I have will. But maybe, maybe it's not, what's, it's not what's best for me. And let me tell you, when I don't see results, and when, I don't, when something doesn't work out the way I wanted, nobody can throw a pity party the way I can throw a pity party. I can throw, where's my husband? Nobody can throw a pity party. Forget, forget the Super Bowl parties. Just bring all the dips. Let's just sit around and complain. Let's just sit around and complain and talk about all the things that are wrong. Let's just do that. Because we could. We could be here all day. We'd never leave. We are our biggest problem. But, but God is there, right? Right? Just like he was for the, these people. He's there. Right? Our hearts find it difficult to trust the same God that parted the Red Sea that made bread fall from the sky. It's hard to trust because, because we don't understand. We don't know. We don't know. But God tells us very clearly, time and time again, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. You can't, you can't do it, Melody, unless you align yourself with me. <laughs> 
I'm going to have the band come up. So what do we do now? You know that I like to give you stuff to do. I say, think about this or do that or try this or try that. What do we do now? Do we pray more? Do we sing more? I vote for singing more. What do we do now? Do we read the Bible more? Sometimes we come to church and it's like a long list of things to do. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to look down. Oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to look down. Or I am going to look down. What do we do? Is it about doing more? Is it about doing more or is it about doing one simple thing? One simple thing. Now, I could tell you, hey guys, listen, here's the answer. The answer is choose trust. Choose trust. Go, have happy hearts. Off you go, marching on to the day, marching on to the week. I don't know what's happening with any of you, but choose trust. The end. There you go. I could. I'd be easy. You know, I shared a few, weeks, a few years back that um, several years ago, I had four kids under the age of three. Oh, look at that. So good. Joshy, are you blushing? Look at Joshy. Oh, my goodness. Four kids under three. I'm not sure. I was going to say I'm not sure how that happened, but... I know what happened. But Kaylee was three, Josh is a year and a half, and, and there go the twins, the biggest shock of my life. But there they are. And they were the tiniest, cutest little babies. But oh my gosh, it was hard. It was hard. It was crazy. I was feeding two newborns, right? And by the time the newborns were done eating and, you know, you're napping, then the two big kids, and by big, they were three and a year and a half, the two big kids, they wanted to eat. They wanted to play. I had to let them outside, you know. Actually, this was training. This was pre-training for Pepper, right? (laughs) I'm putting it all together right now. So I was going back and forth and back and forth and losing my mind, I was losing my mind, and, you know, there's, it was just chaos. I couldn't even tell the girls apart for the longest time. It's okay. I'm their mom. I can say it. There's days still today that I'm like, Clara, no. It was chaos. And if I tell you the truth, I don't remember most of it. I don't remember most of it. It's like a black hole in my timeline of life. But one thing I can tell you that I remember clear as day. So I was part of a mom's group here at New Song, and I was bringing, you know, the kids, and, and lovely ladies took my babies into their wing, and, you know, um, the theme for, for that year was choose joy. Oh, man, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it, and they had a beautiful, you remember it, Marilyn? They had a beautiful billboard sign, and I wanted to, like, kick that thing. Like, it made me so mad. It made me so mad because, you know, as much as I love my kids and I was so happy and thankful that these were the little people that God has given me and I know what a privilege that is and, and I love them, 
I was so frustrated. I was, I was anything but joyful sometimes because, because I just didn't have it in me. I didn't have it in me. I was weary. I was tired. I was frustrated. I couldn't just choose joy. I couldn't. And anyone who would come, we had speakers back then, like uh, guest speakers would come to speak to us on the topic, right? And I was so snarky. I would sit there and be like, whatever. You don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. That you, you want to tell me to choose joy? You come to my house after, after this. Tell me what you'd choose after you leave my house. Tell me what you'd choose. You don't know me. I was pretty spicy about it in my heart. Still am, actually. Can you tell? I've let it go. No, I haven't. And what I'm about to tell you here, my friends, today is you may be tempted right now to tell me the same thing, like, Melody, I'm going to get spicy with you right now. You have no idea. You have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea what my situation is. You're telling me, I don't, I don't you know, but just stop talking, Melody, because how am I supposed to trust? I'm not telling you to choose trust. I'm not telling you. I'm going to tell you to choose trust, but in a different way. And, and again, you might feel pretty spicy about it. I may not know what your situation is, but I know who's in it with you. I know who's in it with you. Look at slide, uh, verse number seven. It says, so as the Holy Spirit said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Verse 15, just as it been said, today... Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today, I can tell you, I can tell you, I don't know what it is, but I can tell you that God is doing something. I can tell you that he wants you to hear him. I can tell you that he wants you through his Holy Spirit. Today, he is telling you, listen to me. Hey, I know, I know you don't even talk to me. I know we're not on speaking terms, but today I am here with you Today, I know how weary you are day in and day out. I am here. I am here. Amen. Amen. He doesn't give us an explanation. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to give us an explanation. He doesn't have to. But in these simple verses, he's saying, hey, I'm here today. I'm here through his word that we're reading right now, through this message, through the songs we're about to hear, the songs we've already heard, through somebody talking to you today, through the hot coffee. I don't know. What is it? Today he's speaking to each and every one of you. And I can tell you that for 100% sure because guess what? God does not play favorites. He doesn't just like us because we're up here. That's not, that's no. No. He does not play favorites. Today, he is speaking to each one of you. He is. And he is saying, trust me. Come towards me. Whatever it is. God wants you to hear his voice and say, hey, listen, I'm the God that parted that Red Sea. I'm that God. I see you today. Hey, I'm the God that made bread fall from the sky. I see you today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Did the verse say anything about tomorrow? No. It said today. Here and now today. So what do you do? 
and maybe you have no idea what to do or where to start, and I'm just going to say, today, right here and now, all you have to say is, I'm here. I'm here. And the Lord is okay with your silence. The Lord is okay with your doubts. He is okay with your questions. He is okay with you not, with you being mad, with you being angry. He is okay. But he still wants you to go to him. He still wants you to trust him. Last year I gave a sermon on prayer. Do you remember that? What do you say? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, you remember? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And sometimes we don't have the words. Sometimes we don't have the words, you guys. We don't. We don't have the words, but we can call on his name, Jesus, 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 and he hears that. You can simply do that. There is no silence, doubt, darkness, anger, loneliness. He is there. Do not give up. I'm going to read you a psalm here, 139, 7 through 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, the night will shine like the day, for darkness is light to you. You can't go anywhere, he's not going to be. You can't think anything, he's not going to know. So just start today. We're about to sing a song that says, here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart. And maybe you can't even sing the words. Can you, can you look at the words? Can you hear them? I struggle with a lot of things, but here is my heart, Lord. Here is my heart, Lord. It says, I am loved. I am yours. Here is my heart, Lord. Will you sing this together with us today? Free, 
you are strong, you are sure, you are life, you endure, you are good, always true, you are light, breaking
Okay, I'm ready. There's not too many things that can make me not have words. But one thing can. And that's knowing that I have someone who is there all the time. No matter what. No matter what I've done, not done, done well, done wrong, I have someone who's there for me. We're going to take communion. Chris and I will be up here at this table, and I'm going to have Fuzz and Brian at the back table. And something interesting happened at San Dimas Retirement Center this week. Like Grant said, we go every week, and we have a little mini service, and I don't know, I either leave, leave crying because someone's reminded me of my grandfather or my mom or something, or I leave laughing because I can't believe what comes out of the mouths of some of these uh, residents there. They have no filter, that's for sure. So, but one of the workers was there. She's, someone's there with us, and she said, and we do communion there, and she said, what, what exactly is communion, and can any religion take it, and what if I'm not a religion, and... And I said, look, I said, you can, you can take it or not take it. No one's going to look at you differently. No one's going to say anything. We, we don't keep track of that. I said, but if you want to know that you're not alone, if you want to know that someone came to this earth, someone flesh and bone came to this earth to die for you so that you could have an eternity, so that you have a hope, so that you have a future, take it. If you, if you don't believe that and you don't know what you believe, but you're curious, take it. If you, if you, if you have doubts, if you're, take it. I said, because this is not just something between you and God, it's something between you and me too. Because I'm getting to know you every week, Marissa. And I'm here for you. So it's a promise between you and I too. Like, hey, I'm here for you. And I know the promise that is available to you. So we invite anyone and everyone, whoever wants to take it, take it. You don't want to take it, don't take it. No one's looking. No one's keeping track. But Grant and I decided a couple weeks ago, we said every week when we take communion during Hebrews, because it is about pressing on, we want to remind you of what this is. And it's a verse that you probably know or know a little bit of. Will you say it with me? For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When you're ready, you can come to the tables and just hold it and we'll take it together in a moment. You may come to the back or go to the front.
so we hold this bread and this cup. And a lot of people, I think, see this. Instead of an invitation, they kind of see it as a, ooh, should I? Am I good enough? Do I trust enough? Do I believe enough? Do I know enough? That's not, that's not for you to decide. This is an invitation from the God who came to this earth, fully human, an invitation to his covenant with you, to his contract with you, to his promise to you that says, in me, you have life. I am here for you. Let's take the breath. In that same promise, in that same promise, he said to his, his friends that night, he said, in a few days, my body will be broken for you, my blood will be shed for you, but I do it because I love you. And I love every person. God does not play favorites. He came here to die for each one of us, and we have that in this promise. No matter what we do, he says, here I am. We just have to look to him. It's an invitation. Let's take the cup. 